You're listening to Ambition Without Compromise, the podcast that is planting a flag for women of color who are ready to unapologetically center their unique vision, personal legacy, joy, and wholeness in the pursuit of the next level in their business and careers. I am your host, Monique Shields. I'm an executive coach, entrepreneur, mom, wife, and champion of badass moguls in the making. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode. I am, I don't know, I felt really called to speak about this topic today because it is something that I think can be really a confusing experience for those of us who are in situations that feel like the ante has been upped, right? Like you're in a new professional opportunity where the stakes feel higher, your scope of responsibility and impact feels bigger. Ownership runs deep. And it's like, oh, I'm really responsible for what happens to this team. Like, I think especially as people of color, many times, because I think what can connect to our own plights, we have a deep sense of empathy for those who are working with us and for us and really care so much about making sure we're taking good care of them because we know what it's like to exist in systems and spaces that don't care to take care of us. And so when you're at this heightened level of this new responsibility, your reputational risk has also increased. And the pressure that that can create when you're in this new seat or you're in this new space or you have this new you know, level of visibility, ownership, scope, impact, whatever it might be, however it's showing up in your mind, it can feel crippling, right? It can feel crippling. I don't know about you, but you know, that's when those like anxiety dreams start showing up and acting out, right? <laughs> um, and we don't feel like we're being our best selves. And I think part of what can also be hard in these moments is like, it is new. So you don't have it all figured out and you're going to make missteps because you're in the learning phase. Like it's going to feel a little messy. There's a lot that is new when you're doing something new and we can be so hyper-focused on getting it right that it just creates like a hyper-pressurized situation. And so The thing that I think surprises many of us in these instances is like how an old fear seems to rear its ugly head and circle back. Like, how am I still scared of this thing? I know I get frustrated with myself when this stuff happens, when it's like when these moments come to me, I guess I should say. But it's like, I thought I did this already. I thought I worked through this. Like, why? (laughs) Why am I going back to this old place? This like this this part of myself, this version of myself that feels like old and scared. And it's like, but I, I came through that. That's how I got to be where I'm at. That's how we're doing the things that we're doing today. Why am I stuck in this thing that feels old and that I've had therapy for? Maybe I've even had coaching for. Like I've worked, I've worked on this. Like, what are we doing? Why can I, why can I not sleep? Why am I not feeling clear? Why am I not feeling like embodied and grounded in like on top of it, you know, like not necessarily craving for everything to be perfect, but just that that energetic, you know, when it feels like you got your feet beneath you. 
And it's hard, I think, in particular, because it's so illogical in that way. It's like, I can rationally see what's going on here. I can look out in front of me and see what's required of me. And yes, where some of the unique challenges may be, or the, you know, the elevator escalated challenges may be that are somewhat new or the flavor of them is somewhat new. But the degree of fear or anxiety or just, you know, the discomfort that I'm feeling around all of it, it feels outsized compared to what I rationally see needs to take place. These irrational fears, these irrational feelings that are kind of overriding. And it's like, why are we doing this? <laughs> you know, it's like when your brain just will not cooperate or your, your nervous system will cooperate with your brain. Maybe that's one way of putting it, right? Although your brain is part of your nervous system. But um, it feels confusing and tough. And I think that the natural place for many of us to go is to say, well, you know, there's, there must be something deficient with me. There must be something that I'm missing because maybe, maybe I don't belong here. Maybe I shouldn't actually be here. Maybe like, you know, maybe there's something to these fears. Maybe I had it before and I figured out these things before and that no longer is the case. Like I have elevated or, you know, reached this like new inflection point in my ability to be not just like competent, but excellent. Like I, maybe I've reached my, this is it. This is my limit, you know? (laughs) Maybe this ain't it for me. Or maybe it's just like I actually can't play in this space. Even though I know I'm supposed to be here. Even though I know I feel purposed here. But we can get stuck in this spiral. And the thing I want to like do, I think first and foremost, is just to normalize this experience. It never goes away. As long as you're growing, you're going to keep hitting these growth edges. And these growth edges are meant to scare the shit out of you. Like, that's the whole point. Otherwise, you're not, you're not making, you know, big growth is not happening. Because big growth, it entails a lot of ripping away and reconfronting. And that stuff is hard, y'all. Like, it's hard. It's scary. And it does not feel good. And it can feel, again, very confusing, very illogical. Because it's like, when I look back over my story, I see how I got here. So why am I feeling this way, Right. So there's this dizzying effect when, I guess, when we're considering our story in these moments with our rational minds, right, which ain't got nothing to do with actually how we feel. But when we're trying to, you know, activate that that rational, logical mind, that's what we're seeing. And it's not about any of that. It's not about the fact that you can look back and add up this experience plus this experience got to me to the next experience, this skill set, this connection, me showing improving here, me having outsized impact here. Like I can see how the math mad, mathed up <laughs> and it got me to the position that I'm in right now with this scope, this scope and scale of leadership that maybe I've never experienced before. And especially if I'm doing it in a context or within a space, within an industry, with a new title or capacity, right? We're talking about, if we're talking about business ownership or being at the helm of a very large department or center, right? Even if that context has shifted. But again, these stories run deep. And so what I want to invite us into is again, first that normalizing, but then secondly, to stop and pause for a moment and give yourself some space to distance yourself from that story to almost like, almost like you, if, as if you were like sitting and floating above your own body in a room and observing yourself 
and what it is that you're reacting to. And there's usually a voice, if not several, but there's usually at least one loud voice that is like, that there's like some internal conversation with, again, trying to dissociate a little bit, just so you can like get a little distance from that voice. That's like, and this, there are common ones, right? Where it's just like, this comes out literally with 90% of my clients. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to be able to X, Y, and Z? To be able to be in this space, to speak on this thing, to command this kind of a budget, to like make this kind of money, to run with these kinds of people. Like, who do you think you are? And it can come from a lot of different places, but I I really want you to recognize and know that like you are 1000% not alone if you can identify that who are you voice. I want to put y'all into a little bit of coaching though today, a little free coaching game (laughs) if you're with it. Because if you can identify that voice and that sharp statement, because it usually is, it's not just like, oh, I wonder if I can do this or I don't know if I've got what it takes. There is usually something that is sharp, direct, and very disrespectful. Otherwise, it wouldn't shake you. Otherwise, it wouldn't keep you up at night. Otherwise, you know, you wouldn't be having crazy dreams. And like, there's usually a crazy, direct, and again, reckless kind of voice that is coming for you. That is, and it could be the voice of somebody that is specific from your past that you might be like, if I took the time to give that voice a body, if I took the time to give that voice, just to imagine like what, you know, what might be associated with this voice? What's specific about it, right? Is there something in the intonation that reminds you of another person or of an experience you had in the past or something you saw as a child? Is there something unique about how that voice is coming for you that reminds you of something? The more that you can put shape and form around that voice, the more that you have power to actually address it. I'm putting y'all on absolute free coaching right now. Just because this is such like, this is such a hurdle for all of us, especially as we are growing in into these spaces of greater impact and greater risk, right? Greater exposure, greater visibility. Like, I just don't want anyone, especially, you know, I'm talking to my women of color out there in particular. I don't want y'all out here feeling like you're alone in this and that you have absolutely no tools to deal. That's like, that is the thing I do not want. And so I was just like, I feel called just to kind of put y'all on some actual game today because this is something that I've had to learn to use with myself. Years and years of practice in doing this, being able to identify what is this voice? Let me actually stop and listen because it's not, it's not a generic fear. It is not some generalized doubt. It is not some like, well, I have a fear of failure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. What is sparking and and stoking that fear of failure. There's a statement, there's a there's a sharp questioning, there's a digging. There's something coming at you in your mind. And again, one of the things that is most common with the clients that I speak with is something around who do you think you are? Another one is like something around you're not you're not capable enough. You're not enough. Right? There's some flavor of that and it's usually pretty direct and sharp or you don't deserve. How could you possibly think That's just kind of daring you and and taunting you, honestly. If you can begin to put a bit of form 
around that voice so that it is not this like (laughs) faceless, formless, you know, misty, mystical thing that is just in the atmosphere around you because then you, you can't do anything with that. That's what makes it so insidious. That's what makes it so difficult to engage with or to do anything different with because it feels like this generalized kind of fear of things, not having confidence enough, not, you know what I mean? Like I just feel stressed and worried and it's not specific enough. We can't take action against vague things. It's really hard to do that. So this is my invitation to you to exercise at least this one tool. And if it even cracks open a little bit, I mean, it's it's a lot more, I think, involved the process that I'm able to ever talk about here in any one episode, even over multiple episodes. This is something that I work with my clients on at length and in depth uh, over multiple conversations over time, right? Again, this is something I've done with myself over time. And I continue to have to do with myself because again, the growth never stops. So the fear never stops. Like that's, this is what it's going to be if you're committed to growing and stretching yourself and trying new things. But If you can put some form to it, if you can name it, and then give yourself a bit of space to actually face it. There are two things that I, again, there's not the only two things, but there are two things that I invite you to do. If you're able to do that step one, to put some form around it. Step two, there's, it's it's like, um, it's almost like there's like a fork in the road at this point. (laughs) And on one hand, we move in the direction of, I might need to fight you off with a bat. Like, is it is it time to get down? Like, is it time for me to confront this voice with just as much disrespect, just as much, you know, saying it with your chest. Y'all know I love to say that. Like, just as much fury and fervor and strength and power as it's coming at you with, sometimes it's a little fight. Sometimes it's a little fisticuffs, right? Sometimes we have to face down this voice make ourselves big and strong and stare it down. And there are sometimes, and this is like talking to yourself, y'all. Like this can feel very, like very woo woo, very, (laughs) but it's really necessary. And I'll talk to you about why at the end here, but sometimes it's a standoff and it's time to ask, I got to fight back. Sometimes, and I'm, I'm only presenting two, there are more than this. It's not, there's not just these two options, but these are two common sort of approaches The other side, the other approach of this is to get curious about this voice and to try to understand what it actually wants for you. Because our scary voices, those things that are trying to speak fear into us, oftentimes are coming from a place of caution, which is coming from a place of protection. So I'm in one case, in one scenario, it might be, this is the voice of my auntie from back in the day who she got... She tried to build a business and she got smacked down and she lost everything. She lost, you know, she, it was just this horrible thing. And I remember either her actual words or just her energy around me taking risks and it being like, well, don't, don't do that, baby, because you don't want to be out here. You know what I mean? Like she's sowing doubt, but it's coming from a place of protection and care. And sometimes that same voice or some version of that voice is still showing up in us when we reach these new heights and it is asking us to turn to it and say, we're safe. We're okay, right? To actually have some tenderness and some curiosity and some empathy almost for this crazy voice that's coming at you with a certain kind of verbiage and a certain kind of directness, right? Trying, it seems like maybe trying to cut you down. 
when really it's just trying to protect you, right? So this is this is another way that we can begin to engage with what might feel like this whole big sort of scary moment that we're in that is like daring us to prove ourselves worthy of where we're at. When it's like, no, actually, (laughs) this new level has just kicked into gear some old messages from an old place, from our old stories. And that's, I think, how we can hold it sometimes. It's just like, this is my old story. I'm not that person anymore. I'm not in that place anymore. Like, why is this back? And it feels like it's not even that different. It's like, this is the same version of what I've experienced in the past, but it's just bigger and louder and, and like, you know, more threatening. Why is this same story still playing out? Like, why am I still here? Is there something wrong with me? Am I actually stuck? And it's like, no, we just need a chance to engage with ourselves differently to write a new story. So in whatever path it is, I, again, I've only presented a, a couple here for the sake of this episode length, but what, in whatever direction you need to take, in addressing this voice, right? That again, you have to actually, it doesn't really work if you have not taken the time to put some form around it, to try to make it a little more specific, right? It doesn't work unless you do that. But if you can actually address internally now, I want to also be very clear (laughs) that there are sometimes people in our lives, right? who are still with us and are out loud speaking these things to us. And that's a different conversation. That's a different conversation, right? Deciding what you're going to do with certain relationships that seem to be trying to impede or step upon or slow you down or whatever, you know, there's a different set of uh, decisions that you have to make there and a different set of interactions that you may have to engage with there. When somebody is live in living color, trying to, do whatever it is, like insert their voices into your, your path. Different story. I am talking purely about you with you. And you might find, again, that those internal voices come from relationships, whether they're old, you know, experiences that you had or even current, but it's you in you. And there is something to be said about, again, making some decisions around folks who maybe still are in your life and are reinforcing that voice and it's a very unhelpful thing, the kinds of conversations you're going to have to have and have there and the kinds of boundaries you're going to have to set up there. It's a, that's a, that's a, a whole other conversation for another day. I'll put a pin in that. Maybe we'll do another episode on that in the future. <laughs> but, but when it comes to the voices within you and, and getting down to like the core, like what's the one that's like really got the most heat, right? What's the one that feels like, man, this, like, I know this is the voice. I know this is the one, like the driving one, because we have usually have, there's multiple. What are we going to do with that? And so pulling from these two options, what I've sort of walked through here, it puts you back in a, in a seat of power. It puts you back in a position of agency and it helps you rewrite the story. So in the case of confronting, gearing up, getting ready to fight, <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to cuss that voice out. They need to hear from you instead of letting it run again, formless around in your mind and unaddressed. If you can actually attach a thing to it and show up in power and strength, again, this is kind of woo-woo. Sometimes you actually got to say this stuff outside, out loud. Sometimes you can say this, you know, if you are good at visualizing things. But that interaction, even in your imagination, that helps to create a new story. I did this with a client recently and she was like, oh, it's like creating new neural pathways. I said, exactly, exactly. Because what is happening right now is you're getting hijacked because you're in a state 
where the risks seem higher, the threats seem higher. And so it's like activating, well, we have to be scared here because of whatever old shit that this voice is coming from to try to intercede and stop you. But if you give yourself some new mental proof, like a new story that you have now imagined, it, it shows your brain that there's another option. There's another option. It's not, this is not about flipping a light switch. I'm going to tell y'all this every time I offer a tool. <laughs> this is not like, yeah, I talked that voice down and now everything is rainbows and sunshine, baby. Like, let's go. That's not how this works. It is one foot in front of the other, <laughs> one step at a time. This is a practice. This has taken me, again, years, but you create an opening. You crack open something new begins to exist in your mind that, oh, there's, I can take on some new agency. Actually, I actually can be different. So now that when the, these moments come up, right, this happens a lot for us when we are in predominantly white spaces, or we are in predominantly male spaces, or we are in prominent, like whatever the thing is that is triggering you and like you're questioned, your authority or decision-making is questioned, or you make what might have been a mistake, or you're not sure if you're making a mistake or not, right? You're under this, this heightened scrutiny for being the one person who stands out in the room and who comes from a, you know, a different background, and we know how it is, right? When we're in these spaces and we walk out of that meeting or we come back home and we're like ruminating, we have something else to attach to what just happened that doesn't leave us powerless. So instead of leaving that, you know, experience where it's like, oh shoot, I made this misstep or I said, I think I said the wrong thing in front of such and such, or I wasn't, I don't know if I, I was sharp enough. You can say, well, where's that coming from? Oh yeah, that's that voice. Oh yeah, that's that, I've now put some sort of name or form around it. Let me go handle that. Let me, let me just have a quick mental conversation with that voice. And now it depersonalizes in this situation and the scenario is not just about how you are deficient, but how, oh, there's something old in me that was activated that is making this bigger, deeper, and scarier than it actually was. I can handle that. And then it can free up some energetic capacity to maybe do something different, to get creative, to strategize, right? To move in a new direction if needed if there was even anything different needed. Oftentimes these voices are popping up on us and telling us, see, there you go. You don't deserve to be here. You only know what you're doing. You're not supposed to be in this space, blah, 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 blah. Right? And we just have no defense. <laughs> just kind of like, well, do I? I've never done this before. Maybe you're right, you know? As opposed to like, mm, no, I know what you're about. Right? Or again, the other path that we talked about, which is like, okay, I see that you're trying to protect me. I see that you are exercising, you know, caution to like the nth degree. Let me tell you why that's not necessary. Let me create safety for you, i.e. yourself, right? But talking that voice down in a way that is about comforting and providing safety. Because many of us are just used to operating in unsafe spaces, unpsychologically safe, and sometimes other kinds of safety, right? You know what I mean? Like, you can't be black or brown in this world and just assume any kind of safety all the time. It's unfortunate, but that feeling can find its way into, and it will, I shouldn't say can, it will find its way into your professional interactions. It will find its way into your business building. It will find its way into your leadership. It will find its way. And so we have to find ways to be with it differently. So we don't feel like we're getting taken out. So as I always say, 
This is not something that, you know, is is a light switch. It's not something that is always easy to do alone. If you're the kind of girl who's like, girl, I can dream up anything. I'm great in my mind. I can imagine it. I'll take the space and I'll slow down to do this kind of a thing, you know, like then own that. I hope that you take this and run with it. Okay. If you know about yourself, like I see it, (laughs) I see how this could be useful to me. I don't really trust myself to ever slow down long enough to actually employ something like this, or I might kind of half do it one time, maybe not keep this up. This is why we have coaches. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. And I will also say like 99.9, if not 100% of my private clients are also in therapy. So this is not like necessarily like, we need to go back into your childhood and focus on healing and understanding what happened and how you got here. Like that's a different level of work. And there may be some really important and useful uh, connections there that you can also take into therapy. I hope that is like one of my highest hopes with my clients is that they take what they learn with me and say, hey, there's this is what I need to take with my therapist because we're going to take it to a different place and vice versa. My clients are often saying, you know what? I just talked to my therapist about this and now we're looking for how I can sort of action plan this or like, you know, and I, I told her I'm going to use this with my coach. That happens all the time. I guess the point I'm making here is that this process works really well when it's supported by someone who is A, has your best interests at heart and B, has no vested interest in your choices, meaning like an impartial third party, right? It's like with my clients, I work for them. The decisions that they make and where they take stuff like this, I'm not trying to guide and direct or force. Or I had, There's no benefit to me. I'm already hired. <laughs> I'm literally here to make sure that they know, well, A, that they don't feel alone in anything, but B, that they know that they have a safe place to navigate themselves and to explore some of this stuff and to grow in some of these internal navigation skills. So I am a little bit late going to pick up my children, but I <laughs> this was the time to record this episode. And so here it is. Um, I hope, as always, that this meets someone exactly where they need to be met right at the right moment when you are grappling with this. And I hope it serves. So until next time, thanks for tuning in. Y'all, truly, thank you for listening to Ambition Without Compromise. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts so more women like you can discover us. I'd also love to engage with you more real time. If you're on social media, come follow me on Instagram at Monique R. Shields. Don't forget that R. You can also access my newsletter at MoniqueRShields.com forward slash newsletter to receive biweekly gems on the best and most impactful lessons I'm learning in my many roles in both life and as a coach to powerhouse women across the country. Again, that's MoniqueRShields.com forward slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.